You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. This is a reading from the prophet Nehemiah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Fekhri Yaqub. I'm the pastor of the Christian Arabic Church that uh, meets here in this place three uh, Sundays a month, and then one uh, Sunday a month we worship in our church at Goochland. Um, third, the church gave birth to our ministry in late 1999. Uh, and ever since, we've been growing and sharing the gospel with the immigrants and refugees from the Middle East. We are grateful for your uh, uh, prayer and support and for this partnership. Uh, I would like to start by uh, giving you two warnings. Uh, the first one, although my message is driven and uh, influenced by the current events in the world, I'm not talking politics. And I don't have a politic solution for the conflict in the Middle East. Second, um, as usual, I asked Brooke, how long do I have today? And for the first time in history, she said, take all as long as you want. So I hope she doesn't regret that. But we will go as the spirit lead. Let us pray. Father, I pray that each one of us today will be blessed in a unique way. Father, we need to be taught and touched, fed and felt. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love Nehemiah and the book of Nehemiah, or as we say it in Arabic, Nehemiah. The name Nehemiah or Nehemiah means comfort from God. And in the same time, there was another leader by the name Ezra. And Ezra means help from God. And I know that all of you are uh, uh, good uh, students of the Bible. You know in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit is the comfort and help from God. And I think you agree with me that this is all what we need today. Comfort and help from God. 
All what we need today is the Holy Spirit to give us comfort and help. This is my message. And the rest is just details. The book of Nehemiah is uh, part of the events that happened after the exile. And we can look at this book from four different angles. One, leadership, what it means, and what it takes to be a leader. And the second one, transformation, and how to move from misery and destruction to building and success. And the third one is relationships and how they can be fixed and restored. How can broken relationships in our community be fixed and restored? And number four, the work of the Holy Spirit in the middle of chaos. In, in this book, we see how the Holy Spirit rebuilt and restored not just broken walls, but broken lives. And I think most of us are looking for these four things in our world today. Leadership and what it takes and what it means to be a good leader, transformation, relationships and restoration of broken relationships and uh, the, the, the transformation from chaos and misery into rebuild and restoration and peace. And if you read the book of Nehemiah, you will notice that Nehemiah did all these things, all these things, and tackled all these different uh, uh, challenges with one thing, prayer, prayer. Uh, in, in the book of Nehemiah, it was mentioned that he prayed 10 times. He prayed for huge and big problems, and he prayed for even small things. He prayed for everything, everything. Nehemiah, if you know that he, he was one of the officials in the king's palace in captivity. That's, that was around uh, uh, mid-5th century B.C., and as we read in our uh, uh, text today, when people came from Israel, he was, e he was eager to hear the news. Of course, there was no Facebook, there was no uh, social media, there was no CNN or Al Jazeera. So he asked people, how it is over there? What happened? And he inquired not just about the city, but about the people who were living there in Jerusalem. The news report was brief, but didn't bring any good news. As we read in verse 3, he said, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Does this sound familiar? Do we still hear this news almost exactly today? The city was in a state of destruction. The walls were broken down and the gates were totally burned with fire. The, be the people there lived in 
fear. Lived in fear. I did last week something like Nehemiah. Um, I called there because uh, some people cannot get out of there. I called friends in Israel. Um, I have a friend who came and, and uh, served here with us at uh, the uh, third uh, church in Forest Avenue. His name is Nizar Francis. He is an Israeli, Arab, Christian, gospel singer. He sings in, he sing in, he prays God in Hebrew, in Arabic, and in English. I visited him in Israel in 2012, and he visited us here several times, and I asked him, how is it over there? Nizar said, it's a chaos. We live in constant fear. Although he lives in Haifa in the north, but he said the sirens go off all the time. We hear about missiles coming from the west, drones coming from the east, and we don't know what's going to come from the north and south. We live in constant fear. I called another friend, an Egyptian, Presbyterian, pastor who shepherded a small church in Gaza. And he said, a few days before the war, I uh, went to Egypt to run some errands. I left my wife and children in Gaza. And while I was in Egypt, the war broke. I couldn't go back to my family. My family couldn't cross to me in Egypt. And there is no communication. I don't know how are they doing over there. But I am sure they live in fear. And so do I on the other side of the border. I live in fear. What was the first thing Nehemiah did when he heard this devastating news? The Bible says that Nehemiah sat down. That, is what, that was the first thing. And I think this is the blueprint of what we should do when we don't know what to do. We need to calm down. To be able to think and to be able to pray. In verse 4 it says, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. He sat down first. After a very busy, I think, three weeks, three weeks following the news and devastating uh, updates from uh, the Middle East, from the Holy Land, I think as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to come down. We need to come ourselves down before the Lord. Almost for two days after the Saturday, October 7th, brutal and horrible terrorist attack on innocent Israeli civilians, my eyes were fixed on the TV screen. You know, at home, I have more than 100 news channels. 
in many languages from many parts of the world. And I kept scrolling between channels, trying to find the most updated news from the Middle East. As an Egyptian Christian who lived there in this region for 26 years, I lived in Richmond for 27 years now. You know how old, right? <laughs> so you can do the mess. As an Egyptian Christian who lived in this region for about 26 years, I know how bloody and nasty and destructive this could become. So I couldn't sleep just trying to follow the news, get the most uh, updates and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Sunday evening, I had to come here to this place to preach in the Arabic service and lead the congregation to pray for peace. But I found out I don't have that peace myself to lead the congregation to pray for peace. So I start to pray for myself, to have peace, to be able to lead the congregation to pray for peace. I found out that I myself need to calm down, stop following the news, and calm myself down before the Lord to be able to have inner peace and to be able to pray for peace and to lead the congregation to pray for peace. A few, minutes, a few moments before I leave home and come to um, uh, church here, I remember the uh, verse uh, in Philippians 4, 6 and 7 when Paul said, do not be anxious about anything. And the fact that I was anxious about everything. But the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, be, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your worries to God. And you know what's going to happen next? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I said, Lord, I need that kind of peace. I need that kind of peace that pass all understanding. A true peace that comes from above. When we are anxious, we not only can think right, but we also don't know how to pray. So first thing we learn from Nehemiah is to calm ourselves down before God. How about we do this exercise now? We will have a, I didn't finish yet, but we will have a chance to pray at the end. But how about we exercise how to calm ourselves down before God and have this inner peace? So I will ask you to do something similar to what you did when you exchanged peace with each other. But instead of saying peace to you, you pray for the person next to you asking for inner peace for them. But first, before we do that, let us all take a deep breath. Can I do that? 
you, you do it comfortable at the, at the doctor's office. Here we are at the, doc, the great doctor's office. Let's do it again. Deep breath. One more time. Don't think about the Middle East. And now, turn to the person next to you and pray for each other aloud. We will have a communal prayer. All of us will pray in the same time for each other. Pray for the person next to you to have real peace, even if it is your spouse. Pray for them. <laughs> pray for peace for each other. With loud voice, make the person that you're praying for to hear your voice. Pray for peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Second thing, of course, Nehemiah didn't just sit down, but he mourned and he wept. And we have all the right to do this. We have all the right to express our feelings and emotions before God. But the second thing Nehemiah did, he did actually pray. He didn't just take a deep breath and sit down and calm himself down, but he did actually pray. And I assume that because when Nehemiah did uh, hear this bad news, he didn't know what to do. And he turned to God, asking for guidance, asking for help. And this is another step in the blueprint of what, when we don't know what to do, we turn to God in prayer. How about when we know what to do, we turn into God and pray. And this is what Nehemiah did. He, he prayed first thing, he asked for forgiveness. He confessed his sins and asked for forgiveness as we do every Sunday. And then he asked for guidance and asked God for help in this situation. And at the end, this is what we all do here now in this place. But I want to move to the third thing Nehemiah did in this situation. He didn't just calm himself down, had this inner peace, and then pray to God, and it was over. He, did a, he had an action plan. He had an action plan. Plan, something to do in this situation. And we can summarize Nehemiah's action plan in two words. Restoration and reconciliation. To restore the city, but most important, to restore the people who live in the city. And to reconcile the people with each other and to reconcile them with God through obeying the commandments that God gave to the people. And this 
bring a very important question. What can we do as Christians in this situation today? We have a similar situation. What can we do as Christians in the current conflict? Where we stand? To answer this question, we have to go back to our great master, our great teacher, our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was in, on earth, there was a similar conflict around him. There was a conf conflict between Jews and Samaritans. I'm sure you all know the famous story uh, when Jesus met with the Samaritan woman and asked her for a drink of water in John chapter 4, verse 9. You remember what the woman said to Jesus? You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. You know, at this time, for a Jew to travel from Jerusalem to Galilee, Jerusalem in the south, Galilee in the north, they used to take a road that go around Samaria, close to the Mediterranean Sea, or on the other side, and they had to go through the uh, uh, Jordan River to avoid going through Samaria. Imagine it. Uh, like today in Richmond, if you want to go from Ashland to Petersburg, you have a short, straight highway called 95. But you don't want to go through downtown Richmond. So you take 295 or 288, which is longer, but you avoid going through downtown Richmond. So Jews traveling from the north to the south or from the south to the north, they used to take 295, not 95, to avoid going through Samaria. But guess which road Jesus used to take? 95. He always traveled through Samaria to meet with the Samaritan people, to talk with the Samaritan people, to eat and visit with the Samaritan people. And in, in Luke chapter 9, there is an interesting story. Uh, Luke chapter 9, um, uh, at the end, around verse 52-54, it says that uh, Jesus was going from Galilee to Jerusalem. Guess what road he was taking? 95. Through Samaria. And then the Bible says, the people in a Samaritan village did not welcome him. They fled the road. They didn't want him to go by. Two of the disciples, John and James, they asked the Lord, this is verse 54, Lord, do you want us to call fire from heaven to destroy them? Do you think some Christians are praying the same prayer today? Lord, Do you want us to call for call fire down from heaven to destroy them? You see, both Jews and Samaritans hated each other very much and both wanted to destroy each other. 
both wanted fire to come down from heaven and destroy the other. Does this sound familiar? What did Jesus do? Jesus showed love for both Jews and Samaritans. Jesus reconciled both Jews and Samaritans with God and they were able to be reconciled with each other. Jesus brought both Samaritan and Jews to the kingdom of God. So both of them became one family, the family of Christ, the body of Christ, the church. In the book of Acts chapter 8, we read the end part of this story. How did the story end it? That fire came down from heaven and burned them? Well, yes and no. Fire came down from heaven in the day of the Pentecost, but didn't burn anyone. It ignited love. One of the deacons named Philip went to this village and he proclaimed the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The village accepted Jesus. They needed someone to come and baptize them into the church, into the kingdom of God. Guess who went to baptize them? John. The one who wanted fire to come down from heaven and destroy them. You see what happened? You see how Jesus transformed these people to, and instead of fighting and trying to destroy each other into becoming one body, loving each other. Paul described what happened in Ephesians chapter 2, verse, starting verse 13. And he said, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed, not the people, but he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Verse 15, he say, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus, making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He didn't put them to death, but he put hostility. He ended hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, we all have access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. Do you see what Jesus did? He did send fire from heaven. He did put something to death, but he sent some fire from heaven to ignite love and he put hostility to this. He brought both sides of the conflict reconciled them with God so they were able to be reconciled with each other. Where we stand from the current conflict? Let me ask you a question. And I need answer. Loud answer, yes or no. When the Bible said 
that God so loved the world, does that love include the Jewish people? Yes. The majority had it. When the Bible says that God loved the world, does that love include the Samaritan people? When God said that love, God, God loves the world, does that include the American people? How about the Egyptian people? How about the Palestinian people? Yes. God loves the whole world. And Jesus Christ died for the whole world to create new humanity, to reconcile us, all of us, with God. So what should we do as followers of Christ? We should do exactly what Jesus did. Exactly. Show God's love and share God's grace with all nations. Proclaim the good news with all people. Reconcile people with God and with each other by introducing Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, to both sides of the conflict. In 2018, a third church, if you don't know uh, Third Church, it uh, used to meet in uh, 601st Avenue and now Regency Mall. But in 2018, there was an interesting conference at Third Church, Forest Avenue. There was a conference called One in the Messiah. And this conference had Messianic Jews, Arab Christians, Muslim converts, Farsi converts. And on one night on the stage, we had that uh, gospel singer, singer from Israel. We had a speaker from Egypt. We have a speaker from uh, Iran. And we have a, a, a Messianic Jewish rabbi and a, an Egyptian Christian pastor from Richmond. All were in one stage proclaiming one name, the name of Jesus, praising one Lord. And when I saw this, I said, only, only Jesus Christ can do this. United Nations took 75 years and couldn't bring these people together and make them love each other. But Jesus did. Jesus did. Uh, since the um, uh, war broke in the Middle East, we pray for peace every Sunday here in this place. And the first Sunday, the one who led the prayer for peace was uh, an elder from a Muslim background. He's a Tunisian who said that when uh, we heard about September 11, we were dancing in the streets. Now, he said, I love this country so much. I pray for peace for this country. What happened? He changed. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. We have another uh, Muslim convert who is also an elder. She is from Alexandria, Egypt, and she led the prayer another evening. And the only thing she prayed for is for people to come to know Jesus. Because when she came to Jesus, she knew peace. And she says, people will, know, will not know peace and will not learn to live in peace with each other unless they, be, they come to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Only Jesus 
can do this. After you go home, don't do this now, but after you go home, search for this phrase, the son of Hamas. You will find lots of uh, uh, information, mainly from Amazon, about this book, the son of Hamas. And I will read from Amazon. This is not an evangelistic website. It's Amazon. And it says this. Since he was a small boy, Mus'ab Hassan Yusuf has had an inside view of the deadly terrorist group Hamas. The oldest son of Sheikh Hassan Yusuf, a founding member of Hamas and its most popular leader, young Mus'ab associated assisted his father for years in his political activities while being groomed to assume his legacy, politics, status, and power. But everything changed when Mus'ab turned away from terror and violence and embraced instead the teachings of another famous Middle East leader. Guess who this famous Middle East leader is? Jesus Christ. You see what Jesus can do? You see what Jesus can do? Of course, if I'm preaching in a Pentecostal church, everyone will say hallelujah. But we are Presbyterians. It's okay. Jesus. The only one can transform people's lives like this is Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can break down the walls of hostility and hate and bring peace. What we need to do? Introduce Jesus to both sides of the conflict. Share the good news. Send missionaries. Now we will spend a few minutes in prayer. We will actually pray. But we will pray in a different way. Forget that you are Presbyterian today. In Acts, the book of Acts chapter 4, the church was going through a hard time. And they prayed. In verse 24, it says, when they heard this, when they heard the news, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. What that means? It means the old, the whole congregation that was gathering that day prayed in one voice, communal prayer. They all prayed aloud. And the Bible says in verse 31, when they did this, the place around them was shaking. We need to shake things in our world today with our prayers. And it says that they were able to share the word of God boldly with people around. No more fear. And everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter and the Helper. So we will pray. We will um, pray over several things, but I want you to help me with this. When we pray for each uh, point, we all need to pray. If, if you can, pray in your heart, but I encourage you to pray, to pray aloud. It makes a difference 
in the, uh, the spiritual realm around us and in our hearts, in our souls. So first thing we'll pray for, we will copy Nehemiah. He prayed, first thing he confessed his sins and his people's sins for not obeying God's commandment. We need to do the same. What is the commandment we neglected the most? The great commandment. We need to confess that we did neglect this commandment. The number of missionaries that U.S. churches, American churches, sent to Alaska are more than the number of missionaries the American churches combined sent to the Middle East. We neglected the great commandment. As followers of Christ and as church. Let's take a moment to pray aloud, all of us, and confess our sins before God. Let's confess that we neglected his commandment. We neglected to take the good news to people around us. Let us pray. My friend Nizar Francis, the Israeli gospel singer, when I asked him, what do you want us to pray for? He said, pray for peace, pray for safety, pray for tolerance, pray for love for all. And Pastor Hannah, the Egyptian Presbyterian pastor who is serving Gaza, he said, Pray that God protect my wife and the children and all innocent people in Gaza. And he asked it for a personal prayer. He said, pray for me to have enough faith to trust God in the middle of all of this. Another pastor from the Middle East, Pastor Faris Abraham, he sent a, a newsletter and asking us to pray. And he, in, in the introduction, said this, I am a Palestinian-American Christian, born and raised in the Holy Land, and I am pro-peace. My wife is a Gazan-American Christian, also born in, and raised in the Holy Land, and she also is pro-peace. Our loving families still dwelling in the West Bank and Gaza, 
and all of them are pro-peace. And millions of Palestinians living beside them are pro-peace. As Christians, we must unapologetically advocate for peace. We are to be Christ's agent for healing and restoration to a broken world. We are commanded by Jesus to be peacemakers. We are called to reconcile all people together and to reconcile all people to God. So let us pray for that. Let us pray for all these requests came from Brother Nizar, Brother Hannah, Brother Ferris, and all the loving, uh, the peace-loving people in Israel, in Palestine, and all over the world. Let us pray. And I encourage you to play more louder this time. Let us pray. Ya Rab, nishkorak. Nasehmak ya Rab, la'an nimta ra'is salam, wa nimta ya Rab, khalas salam ya Rab. ما فيش سلام يا رب من غيرك ما فيش سلام بعيد عنك يا رب احنا بنصلي رب الاجل سلام في اسرائيل وسلام في فلسطين سلام لليهود وسلام للعرب يا رب من خلال رئيس السلام شخص ابنك يسوع المسيح وحده مصدر السلام يا رب محتاجين محتاجين يا رب سلامك يسود عن العالم يا رب تعالى تعالى رب وتقابل مع اليهود تعالى وتقابل مع الفلسطينيين زي ما اتقابلت مع السامريه يا رب تعالى هاتهم لملكوت ابن محبتك يسوع المسيح عشان يختبروا محبتك وعشان يعرفوا السلام الحقيقي يا رب من فضلك يا رب من فضلك تعالى بسلام لاخواتنا نزار وفارس وحنا في اسم يسوع المسيح في اسم يسوع المسيح في اسم يسوع المسيح امين As Christians, we are instructed to pray for those who are in authority, for the leaders. We need to pray for the leaders in Israel, the leaders in Palestine, and we need to pray for the leaders in our country, the United States, and the leaders of the world. So they may, all of them, have wisdom from above. And all of them would work toward peace for our world. So let us pray for the leaders. And if you know names, name them before God. Pray for this leader and that leader by name. Let us pray. جو بايدن وصل رب الأجل رئيس رب وزراء إسرائيل بن من نتنياهو ورئيس فلسطين يا رب وصل رب من أجل إنك أنت رب تيم يا رب يا رب العداوة يا رب تدي حكمة يا رب حكمة يا رب وزدم وزدم فرما فاف يا رب الكل الرؤساء والكل القادة والكل الحكام يسعي يا رب يا رب اسمي 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 Last one. As Christians, we need to pray for the binding and rebuke of all hell and darkness forces. We need to pray that God put an end to evil, violence, hatred, and destruction. 
between human people. You know, the Bible said that the devil wants to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that so that they may have a better life and life abundant. So let us pray that Jesus, who defeated the devil on the cross, will defeat him once again. And all the darkness, the, the, the darkness uh, forces in our days. Let us pray. Lord, to pray that you bind all darkness forces and all forces of evil and hate. You came so that all human beings may have a better life in Jesus Christ. The devil wants to kill and destroy and slaughter. We need to pray for the end of terrorist, end of evil, end of violence. Please for innocent people, innocent children. Jesus. And let us all close with the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 